Hi everyone, and welcome back to Stationery and Sassy, a Fast and Furious quarantine podcast. I'm your host, Penelope Fippen. And I'm your other host, Jamie Hampton. How's it going, Jamie? It's going great. I can't wait to talk about F9. (laughs) Indeed. So I guess we'll just get right into it with me uh, asking you, as I always do, what was your top line takeaway from this movie? Penelope, I loved F9. Uh Uh-huh. It was so good. (laughs) Everything about it was so good. Uh Uh-huh. Tell me more. I guess my top line takeaway is probably, like, I I have it in my notes in all caps. Penelope, you were so right. (laughs) Is this this about manifesting space? (laughs) Yes. Because we need to talk about manifesting space. I think it's very important. Oh, so 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 I guess for those of you who are somehow only tuning into episode nine and haven't heard the rest of our fabulous podcast, <laughs> I basically said to Jamie that I believe that Fast and Furious would at some point go to space. And then in this movie, they went to space. We had a theory that it was going to be in the 10th movie, but it yeah, didn't, we, did. we didn't even have to wait that long. You were right we, immediately. Yeah, it's I, I just I can't. <sighs> so, OK. I really enjoyed this movie. I don't want this to take away from the next thing I'm about to say. Um, (laughs) I think on the relative scale of Fast and Furious movies, this movie was only okay. Um, Oh, I totally disagree. So, like, I enjoy seven more than this movie. I enjoy three more than this movie. I think this is in, like, the next sort of level down for me, which is, like, the, the one, two, five level. Uh, which is kind of my like default bucket for Fast and Furious movies, and 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 this movie had everything you expect from a Fast and Furious movie, but just like at no point did I feel like any of the threats were like real or actually dangerous, and and I I think I've come to this position with the, these movies is that like the problem is they've set the crew up so well to be like so resistant to all threats that at this point there's like nothing that really seems well, to be testing uh, in, in this that's movie kind I, of the plot of this movie in a way <laughs> i just felt like at no point were they being tested by anything okay well i don't think that actual danger is maybe what i come to fast and furious for <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and so i want to be clear i enjoyed <laughs> this is a great movie i enjoyed the other loving crap out of this movie i'm just like I want, I want there to be a Fast and Furious movie where, like, the peril is real. One thing I think we could appreciate about this movie is that after I watched it, I was like, well, was it fast and was it furious? And it was both fast and furious. Yeah, I certainly think, like, on the scale of fastness and furiousness... It's very high. Yeah, this movie had a lot of cars doing things... And, like, a lot of action, right? And unlike 7 and 8, which are mostly furious and not especially fast, (laughs) this movie was both. I might be having a different experience from you, too, because this is the first time I've, like, went to a theater to see, like, a new Fast and Furious movie and, like, waited for it to come out. I was very excited. This, I'm like, this might be my favorite Fast and Furious movie. I really loved it. There were a lot of things I really loved about it. I think that it had the energy it had was very much like spy racers to me. Like I think Interesting. the plot of this movie was very similar to the plot of spy racers season one, 
Like mm-hmm. there was a key that they didn't know what kind of key it was um, because it was like metaphorical and there was like a, like a device that was going to do this kind of similar, like generically bad thing. And there were yep. like dead science parents. Like it had a lot of the same uh, elements. This is, this is an <laughs> excellent point actually, because the magical MacGuffin in Fast and Furious by Racer season one also let you have arbitrary control over all of the yep. electronic devices in the world. I wonder, I, these, you're, you're quite right. Actually, just these the plot lines are like too similar for it to be a coincidence. <laughs> But I'm mad that they didn't reference Spy Racers because it would have been so easy. They had like two ways they could have easily done it casually in a way that wasn't like off-putting to anyone. Because <laughs> we talked a lot about Dom's family and there's got to be like an uncle somewhere that's like related yeah. to Tony. Yeah. And B, they talked a lot about the Nowhere uh, Institute and I think it would have been really easy to drop like a reference to other things that were happening with the Nowhere people. Yeah. And we met another nobody. Yes which was which was interesting to me well so so the way i think about it right is that spy races is not really linked to the canonical but i want it to be <laughs> i know i know you do and we <laughs> and we can try and manifest that as much as we want but yeah i think realistically those things are completely separated i also like a thing i really want to talk about is that cypher was back in this movie yes Hardcore fans of the show will know that we talk a lot about 8, 9, and 10 having been deliberately created as a trilogy, right? And to me, like, the moment I saw Cypher in this, I was like, oh, she's definitely going to get away at the end so she can be the villain in the next movie. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to me that they have, like, set up Cypher as one of the main antagonists and so i think in the next movie crew versus cypher could turn back into like that kind of like actual threat i'm looking for right because we've we've already established that cypher is very very powerful in eight and you know, again, kind of, she, she was a backseat villain in this one, but you know, her presence was in a good way though. Like I liked the way she was kind of like just manipulating people. I like that trope of like, Oh, I'm in jail, but like, I'm still, you know, in control here with like, yeah. So I thought that was like all of her gaslighting was like very good. (laughs) Yeah. She, she is a great villain and I can't wait to see how they, they play her in 10. It's, it's funny. The moment, we saw the brother i was like oh a hundred percent guarantee that dom and him have made up by the end of the film (laughs) yeah and so i think i think this this is maybe why i i have sort of said that i think i found this movie only okay is that like i saw the major plot points coming right because it's still not certain if we're going to get any fast and furious movies after 10 and so 10 has well, to be the... in shot too well r- right sorry i mean mainline movies right that's fair but i do think that they're gonna kind of cross over in a way i have a theory about this yeah i i also have a theory about the crossover between the universes which we should talk about but so i think 10 is going to be the big culmination and so everyone we've ever met is going to be back <laughs> Talk to me, talk to me about your theory about Hobbs and Shaw too. Okay. Well, first we have to, first we just have to talk about like Roman and what Roman was going through in F9. Oh, so, so, 
Oh my we god! Have to start okay. with Roman before we can get to my theory. <laughs> okay, so at the at the beginning of the movie, I was like, "Are they really just going to play Roman as a comedy piece for this entire movie?" And then, but he's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but 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 right at the end, you know, Roman saves the day, and I was I was surprised that they finally had him. <laughs> be responsible for day saving i was like oh my god this is so good thank you for like playing this contra to my expectations anyway talk to me about roman so roman has this theory about how they're like invincible Mm -hmm. and i think it's very very good it Uh was one of my favorite aspects of this movie in fact and me and uh, my husband both have separate theories about like how this is going to continue to play out with roman's theory because like to me i'm like yeah dude fucking figured it out like good for him (laughs) yeah (laughs) so isaiah thinks and his theory is like probably more sensical than mine but i think mine is funny isaiah thinks that this is all gonna tie in to like the Idris Elba plot that they did in Hobbs and Shaw sure. one yeah. and like the superheroes. And we're going to find out that like, maybe they've been like testing the superhero serum, like in low doses on like the crew. And that's why they're <laughs> so tough. That's very good. It's very good. And he was like, cause like, I mean, Roman's thing is how they never get hurt and they never die, which is like a thing. But like, we were also talking about like the scene where Dom like pulls down like the the support like, bars like nobody is that strong like give me a like, break. like D- dom casually takes like 25 guys yes <laughs> because there's because they're superheroes because of the idris elba thing but idris elba is cybernetically enhanced right yeah but it doesn't matter how <laughs> <laughs> i like this theory but that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet because Hobbs and Ta- yeah. Shaw hasn't happened yet. And in fact, I was wondering like, oh, well, exactly where do they place or whatever? But Owen Shaw is still alive yes. at this point and he is not in Hobbs and Shaw. So like that has to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, also the so we have Han. Like, OK, first of all, amazing that we haven't even mentioned Han's name until right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to. I mean, we do need <laughs> to talk a lot about going that. going on with that. Yeah, but, yeah. But the, the post credit scene with Han and Deckard, like to me, that's setting up like some sort of craziness that's going to go on between Han and Deckard. Oh, I actually missed the post credit scene. I had to run out. Oh, well, sorry. It's got yeah. Han and Deckard in it. OK, cool. What what roughly what happens? Deckard is like beating up some guy who's like trying to give him like, he thinks that he's like, I'll give you the information. I'll give you the information. And Deckard's like, I already have the information. He's like, then why are you beating me up? <laughs> so that's not relevant to anything, really, that I can tell. But then at the end, there's, like, a knock on the door. And he, like, goes from his interrogation scene to open the door. And he opens it. And, like, Han is there. And they, uh-huh. like, lock eyes and are like, what? And then, like, it's done. So, like, Deckard had this, like, okay. reveal moment with Han, basically, in the post credit scene. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Since I- he, like killed him but not really <laughs> i think i think we need to have 10 and then we need to have hobson shore too i think time, you're right the timeline to make sense so i think my thesis is in the next movie jason statham is back so is god what's the other shore brother's name my brain is like deckard and owen yeah owen owen is back so so deckard and owen are back something bad has to happen to owen in 10 i think yeah exactly actually here's here's my money my money is on cypher brutally murdering him at the beginning of the movie yeah i could see that yeah like first like cold opening 
is Cypher brutally murdering <laughs> Owen Shaw to set up. And like, it it would make a ton of sense if Cypher was a part of Etienne, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like they're cyber obsessed and like she is a hacker lady. Like, I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I would be surprised if she was like affiliated with Etienne in no way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have beans on like 10 comes first, Owen shows up, they kill Owen, and then that kicks off Deckard gathering the crew to go after Cypher and Etienne mm-hmm. or like something. Some and then and then because like Idris Elba and Deckard had history, right? Yes, yes. Oh my god. Oh my god, beans on Idris Elba and Cypher making out in the next movie. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <sighs> I'm very gay. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about Han. Okay, let's talk about Han. I loved the way they brought him back in. It was very good. Yeah, like him showing up behind a sniper rifle in the blue light, Mia and Letty uh, fighting a bunch of dudes, like 10 out of 10. Loved it. Really loved watching Han get to like hug everyone too. Like actually for some reason, for some reason the one that got me and I think it was just kind of like, the reaction was like Han and Tej. Like Tej was just like, holy shit in a way that like felt very real to me. And I was like, this is very good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think Tej is honestly one of my favorite members of the crew. Yeah, me too. And like Han is back. Han kicks a bunch of ass in this movie, which he's got a kick ass daughter now. Uh, Yeah. Daughter slash, well, sort of like adoptive protectee. Right. But that doesn't, I mean, yeah, but it doesn't mean she's not his daughter. Like, this is a movie about family. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of family, actually, this movie had my number one favorite character in the whole franchise in it, uh, Mama Shaw. Yes. Doing, being just excellent every single (laughs) moment that she's on screen. (laughs) Yeah. So, so with this movie, they went to London and I was like, holy fuck, could this franchise stop going to London, please? And then I was like, which of the Shaws are we going to get to hang out with? Because I like all of them. But then they gave me my favorite one. (laughs) Yeah. But then, but then it was Mama Shaw and I was like, you know what? I'm no longer tired of London. <laughs> but also, like, they do have an obsession with going to the UK in these movies. But to me, it, like, it's literally like a flag. Like when they're like, "Oh, we're going to London," I'm like, "Cool, we're gonna do stuff with the Shaw family." My favorites, <laughs> like, yeah. You know who I missed in this movie? Who? Samantha Hobbs. Yeah. Yeah, I watched. I, agree. I watched Seven with my girlfriend. I think two days before I watched this, and uh, Samantha Hobbs is amazing so what else i mean there's cool magnets in yeah this i wanted movie. to talk about the magnets they make no sense at all <laughs> i was gonna say that's not how magnets work <laughs> i liked how they pulled things to them but only the things that like narratively they wanted to get pulled to them <laughs> right and and the cars with the magnets inside them were not affected in any way and right they can just repel things in a way that I'm pretty sure that isn't what magnets do. Yeah, yeah. None <laughs> but of. But you know what? Every time that. they were every time they were doing shit with the electromagnets, 
I was fascinated by it. Also has big spy racers energy. Yes. Giant electromagnetic car. <laughs> yeah, I could totally. Also, also, like, we got a hauler in this movie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, Vin Diesel has been watching spy racers and writing. I mean, I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like, I will say this this movie felt the least. Vin Diesel is writing fan fiction of Fast and Furious thing I've seen in a while. In a while. But that that's just because of what we've been watching recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's not cuz it's not the live show and it's not the kids cartoon. I re- I actually rewatched um one of my friends was like Soft F9 came to me to talk about it and was like I want to watch that like short film and I was like not only can I show you the short film but I can like I can give you an MSTK um, experience, and so we actually watched it and like listened to the podcast commentary, like synced up with it, like you're supposed to do, <laughs> and it was impeccable. Amazing. We're, we're but fantastic. if we're talking about Vin, Vin Diesel fan fiction, like yes, I've been watching some Vin Diesel fan fiction. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about the movie, the brother, like. I mean, well, Mia, I was happy for Mia because we were saying that it kind of sucked for her that she didn't get to be in the movie because, like, this other actor t- died and isn't in the series anymore, and now she, like, suffers. So it was nice, that, like, the, to bring Mia back into, like, Toretto family stuff. was like I good. love Mia. I think she's a fantastic character. I think, like, the fact that she, she like, was a bridge between Dom and the brother was, was mm-hmm. really good. I thought her chemistry with Letty when it was like just me and Letty yeah. doing stuff was like, very good. Yeah. I also want to just just focus on one thing for a second. I can't believe they had fucking Brian roll up right at the end of the movie. <laughs> right? I was like, what is this? See, see, the moment I saw the blue skyline, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, like, they can't do that right like obviously they can like i thought the seat was going to be filled by the brother but no it was filled yeah by... me too like i'm slightly worried we're gonna get bad cg paul walker in the next yeah. movie like hopefully not yeah hopefully not but so so let's see what do we have beads on for the next movie we have cypher coming back oh Go ahead. I told you Isaiah's good theory about Roman, but oh. I never told you my crack theory about Roman, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that, like, to me, Roman has figured out correctly that they are movie characters in a movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so what I would do with the next, with 10, is they realize, it's, like, totally meta. They realize they're in a movie. They, like, discuss the fact that they're in a movie and then, like, use movie physics and shit like on purpose to do crazy stunts like yeah this isn't how this works but like now we can do even crazier stuff because (laughs) we know we're doing movie physics and we're planning for movie physics and i think that would be so entertaining to probably only me (laughs) (laughs) like just get really meta with it yes i think that would be so wild (laughs) yeah they're in a simulation the whole time yeah i want everyone to come back for the next movie. I want everyone we've ever met. I want the Spanish guys. I want friggin' The Rock. I want Samantha Hobbs. I want the sister. Oh my god. I want, if- the, I want the fisherman from Tokyo. <laughs> oh my god. We didn't talk about this. Fucking. 
the protagonist. The, the Tokyo Drift people. It took me a while to figure out that that's what, who those people were supposed to be. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I don't know what the Tokyo Drift people look like now. Bow, Bow Wow sure looks different now. <laughs> I like how they only wrote them back in for Han. Yeah. Although, I don't know, because I really liked what they were doing with, like, this science dude they have now that's like building crazy science stuff like i like that dude show me more about what that dude's doing <laughs> yeah i just uh, uh just jamie what? <laughs> this this movie I, I will say this about this movie it really pulled zero punches like <laughs> like I would love to know how they write these movies. Like, what is the process of, you know, ideating the rough outline and then turning it into, like, the big set pieces, right? Because, like... So we need to get Justin Lin on. We really do. I like, think we really do. Like, Justin Lin, please come on our podcast. <laughs> it's funny. So, okay, um, I need, to, I need to point something out just because... Okay. Once again... They do impossible street moves in both London and Edinburgh. <laughs> like, like the, the the sequences of streets that Mama Shaw drives through in London, that's that's not how th- those streets are laid out. And then similarly <laughs> with Edinburgh, the Edinburgh one I found very interesting because, like, if you've ever been to Edinburgh, you will know that doing a high speed car chase in it is concretely impossible Uh, like all the roads are very windy so like i'm pretty sure that like they used a lot of movie magic to make it seem like they were going a lot faster than they actually were in edinburgh because yeah none of that is possible god this there's just so many like i'm thinking about what else happened and it's so many good things yeah like you said, Mama Shaw, and it got me thinking about Mama Shaw again, who like just amazingly is like, oh, Dom Toretto's here. Do you want to drive? I'll cut you in. No? All right. And then like the, and then, like, the badass all-girl SWAT team that shows up, and they're like, oh, oh yeah. with Cardi Mama B. Just sends us, yeah, I know. It's Cardi B. Mama Shaw sent Cardi B to save you. I, d- I did actually have a thought around that that time in the movie. So so you know when they pull up to the dance party and it has not yet been revealed to be the bad guys party? Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go to the lesbian white party. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just women, right? It was just all beautiful women. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm very gay. It just, ugh, ugh. This movie is great. I liked this movie a lot. It just didn't stand out to me as a Fast and Furious movie. I liked movie. that it had street racing in it, too. Yeah. Because as you know, I it's not my 100% favorite how far away we've gotten from street racing over the, over time. So that was fun <laughs> for me. And we, we got to fill in the plot point of how Dom went to jail the first time and the death of Dom's father and stuff. Yeah. Yep. That's true. There was, like, interesting backstory with that. There And also, we were when... It was starting, we were, like, me and Isaiah were trying to, like, remember the timeline with Han. Like, you know, obviously, like, the later movies happened before 3 and blah, blah, blah. But we're, like, do we ever see how, like, Han meets Dom? And then, like, immediately they talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about in this movie? I just still can't believe that they went to space. It was so good. Like, the spacing was so good, too. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Rolling along in that car and they're like crappy suits. Oh man, it was great. <laughs> that was that was pretty great. 
The the big canister of NOS in the car that they were taking to space. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Of course you're not. I like the idea that, like, a Pontiac Fiero could go to space. <laughs> to me, I was like, um, I take issue with this. Just like, this. Everything else is very every, normal. Everything else is true. fine. The electromagnets... I mean, so here's the thing, right? We've seen impossible physics devices before in Fast and Furious Universe. Mm -hmm. We have never seen a beat up ass car in space. Like, like that's not. Yeah, that's not like a magical (laughs) physics device. That's just like a thing. Anyway, it's because they're in a movie. It's because they're characters in a movie. Yeah, I do. I do wonder if like that was them playing like playing the movie physics bit a little bit. Right. I like it. Yeah, no, it was super good. I am very excited to see the crew go up against Cypher in the next movie. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Like, I really want them to turn Cypher into like an arch super bad in this next movie. I think the reason why I say this movie didn't quite hook me as much as, as eight did is that like in eight, it, that, like it was Dom versus the crew, which like was an inherently interesting conflict. Right. And I think in the next movie, they need to be up against a force that is as powerful as them. I can see that. But I think the reason I liked this movie more than eight, definitely. And I think that like when they're so furious, when the ratio of fast to furious is so (laughs) weighted towards being furious, Uh like that, like the thing with Dom, it was interesting, but like to me, it just felt like gritty for the purpose of being gritty. Okay. And this one felt like more fun and colorful the way that I say, like I like about like Hobbs and Shaw, for instance, which I like really love. It has this like, fun action colorful vibe that's not like the dark and gritty that we have a lot of in movies in general sure i i don't think your i don't think your take is wrong uh i think we just differ on our preference here i agree actually perhaps we can end with this i think that this movie has the highest like fastness times furiousness (laughs) like the other movies are either extremely fast or extremely furious in one or other this is the most like both fast and furious movie i i think you're right like i think that the furious with like the story about their dad like very high emotions but also very high action at the same time yeah yeah i what here's i actually wrote down this quote that i said right after in my notebook so i wouldn't forget exactly what i said Mm -hmm. and what i said was some of the other movies were too furious but I think that F9 had a good balance of furious and also fast. And that is my professional opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I, I am inclined to agree with you. Uh, I I also want to say it's way harder to do this podcast, but I can't like take notes as we're watching the movie. I know I took a bunch of notes. like right after. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to stationary and sassy, a fast and furious quarantine podcast from me, Penelope. And me, Jamie. Until next time, we'll be living our lives a quarter mile at a time.